Hi guys, so welcome back to our podcast. Hey. Hey. So you Stephanie. guys know I'm Stephanie. I'm the oldest. Dorothy, the Son- youngest. Sana J, the middle child. So um, I'm super stoked about this one, honestly, because it is our third episode. Um, Charm. Power three. Yes. I'm yes. so excited about this one. Are you guys excited? I'm super excited. I think for one. me, the reason being that's because it kind of just like, at this point, in in our life at at that point in our life I feel like that's when it changed drastically and yeah um I feel like it kind of just like set up the tone for the rest of our life do you guys not think that yeah as well yeah yeah I think the last episode if because you guys would have obviously already um watched charmed part two that one was really dark super dark it was really dark we shared a lot of great moments with our mother but in hindsight we talked about a lot of the struggles that we had went through. Um, but like Stephanie said, um, we're super excited for this next part of this episode. But it is, you know, it gets better. It, it does. And thank you guys um, as far as our listeners and officially viewers, right? Because mm-hmm. this is our first time we're actually recording today live. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah. So thank you guys for tuning in and, you know, listening to our journey because mm-hmm. um, I do feel that sometimes it is hard and it's challenging to talk about things as dark as we did. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, it I, is. I, I'm still healing and I'm yeah. 30. Um, I'm still healing, but I do feel like one of the things I was telling Dorothy about um, when we were talking this morning is that, or just in general, um, talking to my sisters, but I do feel one of the things that I like about what we're doing so far about our podcast is that it's very therapeutic for me that I get to talk about this stuff with my sisters. I do seek it as like a, see it as like a form of therapy now, Mm -hmm. um, because we're not only rehashing it, but I'm gaining new perspectives of things that happen. Right. Like Dorothy will say something, well, I viewed it this way. And then that'll make me think like, oh, Mm -hmm. maybe that was really the intention of that moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, I think that's really important and which is why I thought it was so important for us to tell our stories from three perspectives. Right. It's just so important. And, um, yeah, I think we should start off for where we left off. So um, we left off where our father was on his knees and he was begging us to he was begging us to get on the bus. And um, that was the part where I think my sister Sana reiterated on the fact that we think that was the moment that like really broke our dad. He was crying and he just knew what our next year like our, our our life would look like and now i think we're grown and we can all agree that he was right in some sort in some sort mm-hmm. in some way i think he knew that um a struggle was coming uh, yeah like he knew that um they needed help more mm-hmm. help than he or our mother at the mm-hmm. time could provide us right and he knew that if we didn't get on that bus we had years of struggle ahead of us or mm-hmm. even if it, even if it wasn't a year he knew that we were going to be put in some pretty mm-hmm. you know messed up situations mm-hmm. trying our mom trying to get herself back on her feet and i'm not gonna lie he was right about that part yeah that, i we, think that we was the rough part. a lot that was probably the worst yeah it was rough out of everything we've been through i would say that stage after we didn't get on that bus was nothing was consistent after nothing that nothing was consistent after that but i mean that just even that year after which mm-hmm. is probably the roughest year 
Yeah, of, I think so too. Of I our childhood, and it, and you'll learn soon. It was like actually we even went some months being split up, and we had never at that point, yeah, or that after way. that yeah. point, had ever been split up again. Yeah. So I yeah. think our dad, he kind of was like he saw that he foresaw that, mm-hmm. and I think it's probably just the visual of seeing us in a shelter downtown where he was like, hell no, mm-hmm. this is not gonna work. This Especially not- with our dad, like we. We touched on the fact that our dad had like zero limits, right? Like he, like he would always go too far. That was the first time where I seen it in his eyes that enough is enough. Like we can do what we want with our life, but we need to send our kids to someone who is responsible, someone who can give them the life that we cannot give them. And that's the part where I'm grown now. And I can see that my mom probably had some mental issues because how does she not see that it was like bad? I don't know. Yeah, I I agree with that, too. So let's talk about that kind of like with our listeners and viewers, um, how it kind of like picked up from that, though. Like, so our dad literally just finds us. Does anybody remember how he just found us? Like, literally walk. I feel like had a gift with that. I feel like it was like a movie scene. Like, it was. Yeah. Just popped up out of nowhere and was like, Tammy, what are Mm -hmm. you doing? Yeah. And I think the only thing it was totally a movie scene. The only thing was missing was the rain. Like he yeah. was, yeah. it was violins playing, yeah. tears and snot running, on his knees, on his knees begging dramatic, us. Uh-huh. begging us to get on this bus. And when I say you guys, he only had three bus tickets. It was only three, was only three for all three and of I, us. And he I, wasn't even going. And I vividly remember Kenneth looking like, okay, what is going on? Because once dad started crying, I remember Kenneth's face like. He, what, he took a step back. Like yeah. there's more to the there's story. more to yeah. the story. Like this woman. I'm in love with this telling me Uh there's something going on here and I think that's why he backed off and you want to know what our we were just talking to one of our friends that we grew up with she had Facebooked our sister and she mentioned that our mom was always just like so private yeah and she wasn't like one of those like my husband's private but like my mom like he's private in a way where like he won't like he's private with like social media with his friends but like his inside circle knew knows like you know what's going on his day ones yeah. our mom no one knew what she was thinking no, she no, was even all. private with her spouses yeah. and this was a man that she was trying to marry or married we don't know i can't remember the timeline at that point if they were married or if they weren't married but even he didn't know the truth and we find that out later with him yeah yeah, yeah. He, he was left in the dark too he was so our dad is like at this point like he's begging for us to get on this bus uh, I remember me and Sana because we're like so close in age and Dorothy is a little younger than us by like three years for me too for Sana. And I remember me and Sana just thinking like, well, maybe we should do it. Yeah, we <laughs> contemplated it. To get on this bus. And I'm like, Stephanie, he doesn't even have a plan for us after we get off the bus. Right. How are we, gonna, we don't even have yeah. any money to get to the house that he's telling us to go to. Yeah. There's just no, you know, we don't know if they know yeah. we're coming. He won't tell them we're coming. He was too, I think at the time, prideful to tell his parents that he had failed that much as a parent. Uh-huh. And he knew he needed help and he just could not figure out a way to kind of get that help. Yeah. It was weird because he, he was telling us that like, he was like, I'll come back for you guys but for some reason he wasn't ready to leave either so i don't know if that was like dad had stuff to get together or maybe he was gonna try to talk some sense into mom that was the most sense i've ever seen from my father in my life yeah ever ever like that was the most sense but 
that's when it starts getting tricky after that. Um, mom knew, she, well, we lived in a shelter, St. Vincent de Paul, where you cannot live with your spouse unless you were married. Mary. And this is where it's coming into play. Mom never truly married Ken because no. if she did, we would have never left St. Vincent de Paul. She would have been able he to He would have just moved there. into our room. And so we, just so we can like move on a little bit, but we, we don't get on the bus. Nope. It breaks our dad. And I truly believe that that was the last time he was like, well, I tried. Yep. And I think that was the last time he fought for us, I want to say. And I hate Later on in this story, you'll see him fight to have visitations with Dorothy um, because she's still a minor and he's trying. Yeah. But that was the last time I think he fought to be a parent. And I think this is kind of bittersweet. It's sad. But that was the last time that we were all together as a family. Yeah. All five of us. Yeah. Yeah. That was there the last was, time. I mean, I don't remember ever a time where it was me, mm -hmm. you guys, and then our parents. Mm -hmm. So I, to me, that's better, bittersweet because that's the end of that chapter of them trying to, or of us just being a unit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So my mom goes to like the the resource office in St. Vincent de Paul and she, she says, I'm moving. She doesn't want to finish the program completely. Yeah, no. I don't remember us ever really finishing. No, because no. she just takes the money. She just takes the money because, like we told you before, this is a program where you basically um, you pay rent and they do it based off your income, but all that rent gets saved for you. So when you move out, you get all that money back and you're able to get a place. Start your life. So what happened was maybe a week before that or two weeks before that, um, our mom got approved for Section 8. Mm -hmm. I remember this vividly, but she couldn't find an apartment because they wouldn't take her new spouse mm -hmm. who was a felon. Exactly. And so she has all this money from St. Vincent de Paul and she has Section 8, but she still can't get us an apartment because she refuses to leave this man. Mm -hmm. And so we start living hotel to hotel. Mm -hmm. Again. She starts burning through this money she just made yep. to save for our place. And we live living hotel to hotel because she cannot find an apartment that will accept us three and her new felon spouse. Mm -hmm. And it dries up. It dries up. The pot, the honey pot, dries up. Um, there's like no more resources. She used all that money that we had been saving in that shelter for what a year? No, it was like two years two because years. we made it to the third floor. Remember yeah. the first floor, right. second floor, third, and then third, third floor. floor. That's true. Mm -hmm. We were long termers. We were there for a while. And um, it's crazy because even though it was a shelter, it still was more stable than what she just was right. about to take us through. It's crazy to think that we were in a shelter for that many years. But yeah. it didn't feel like it. Didn't feel it didn't like feel it. Like and it, it went by fast. Really and mind good. you, this whole time, we're going to Monarch. We're having a, a normal, like, semi-normal school situation. Yeah. Me and Stephanie are on a dance team yeah. with our dance teacher, who you'll, learn, you'll later learn becomes the person who adopts us. Um, because the shelter, when you get to the third floor, it's almost like a studio. It's almost like a studio apartment. It yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. So you don't really feel like it's a shelter. Like you, I, I can't remember. I think I can't remember. I think you have a bathroom in there in the third floor, or probably not. No. 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 Close it was it. just yeah, very it close was to. Really it. big. Like we all basically had. No one checked on you once room. you got to the third floor. No one checked on you. We had a TV. You could sleep in all day. Like you had a GameCube. Yeah. Or like. Whatever system you had yeah, like it was, it was normalcy normal. yeah there was some normalcy there yeah um the only thing that was still unnormal were like the curfews other than that it was yeah. pretty normal you could come and go as you please on the third floor so yeah. this is when the money dries up 
And so I remember this vividly. And then I'll explain the beginning part. And then Sana and Stephanie can jump in the storefront. Yeah, go ahead. We show up at the rescue mission. Stephanie and Sana are preteens. A new rescue mission. A this new rescue mission. This wasn't the one we stayed at in the beginning. It was right. a new one. And we get there. And I remember it's like super late. So we're probably one of the last check-ins. Mm-hmm. And this is when shit gets real. Because they basically tell mom, like, your girls are too old. The two mm-hmm. oldest ones. It's crazy. I remember that. And she looks. I remember why we got separated. Like, yeah. And she looks so defeated. Like, she knows in her mind at that point, like, mm-hmm. she knows in her mind at that point, like, she she fucked up. Like, yeah. it, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, she ends up, she ends up walking Stephanie and Sana to storefront. She ends up walking Stephanie and Sana to storefront. And, um, and then Sana and Stephanie gets checked in the storefront and then Sana can explain that. So me and Stephanie get checked into storefront and, um, basically we get checked into storefront and it's this teen shelter and basically it's a rescue mission, but the version for teens. And it's all runaways, and we're actually really young to be there. Most of the people who go to storefront are usually, like, 16, 17. I think they even take 18-year-olds. It's, like, a for runaways. And um, it's okay. It's for runaways, and basically, you just you check in there, but you can't really tell people where you're at because a lot of the runaways are, like, running away from, like, prostitution and like mm-hmm. other kind of serious offenses so there's a lot of restrictions at this place like you check in but you can't really do much mm-hmm. you can't like it's like the rest mission you have to check in at a certain time be there at a certain time but they're really strict mm-hmm. and they're on kids mm-hmm. it's like for kids and it's all kids so i mean that was our first time staying there well i'm you're later gonna hear that i stayed there by myself for some months but that was our first time staying there, me and Stephanie, and we weren't even allowed to hug each other. There was, like, distance rules. Yeah. We couldn't even... We were there together, but we couldn't touch each other. Um, it was, like, really traumatic. So our mom knew that we couldn't come in because I don't remember that. No, that no, was what they told her. She, told her yeah. It was like she ran out of money and she just had to get us to the rescue mission that one night when she knew she didn't have enough yeah. money to pay the hotel room anymore. Yeah. And then when we showed up, they told her. And I remember... I remember that being hard for her. I, yeah, yeah, and that's why she I said... I want us to go. I seen the other end of it. She cried walking home. Really? She was just so, like... She she was just, like, distraught. And I remember her just talking to herself, like, fuck, fuck. Like, and she didn't curse. Mm-hmm. And she was just like, fuck my babies. Like, mm. I don't even know. Like, I don't... I, I, I can't even see them. Fuck, yeah. And I remember at the rescue mission, me and mom were the first two up. And she was like, we got to go meet your sisters. Check on that. And and was like by America Plaza. Mm -hmm. And I remember she was like, Dorothy, we got to walk, honey. Like, we got to go meet your sisters to make sure they're okay. Yeah. And I knew at that point that that's when her giving up actually began to start. Yeah. I could see that. Mm -hmm. I could totally see that. Because it's like, she just was so frustrated. Frustrated. Like, she just felt like she was just like... What did I do? Yeah. You know? And so, um, that's when the growing up and raising ourselves started. Because yeah. mom had that conversation with me. Like, you're going to have to start 
you know, doing more for yourself, Dorothy. Like, you're going to have to start. Like, That's crazy. How did that make you feel, though, that she kind of had those growing up? Oh, it sucked because mom was still working. Like, she always had a job. Yeah. So, that was the first time I took the trolley by myself. And she put me on the trolley, and she stayed there until the trolley left. And she told me to meet you guys at Monarch. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking to myself, like, wow, like, I'm 11 years old you're doing all on a trolley. Yeah. Alone, like you hear about kids walking to school by themselves at eleven in their local neighborhood, but I was oh, really taking like downtown without my sisters too. Yeah, I was doing it alone. Alone, and she would give me a few dollars, and like this is crazy, but like this is where my coffee obsession started. I would start sneaking coffee because at the gas station, yeah, because I was so tired at those shelters. They wanted you out, out. at like five, yeah. four, five a.m. Yeah. They wanted you up, and they so they wanted you up and active and out. Sir, first of all, somebody needs to redo that policy. It really yeah. needs to get like it doesn't make any sense, even on the weekends. I could see if there's like teenage boys and teenage girls there together. I could see them being afraid of like that mm-hmm. situation. But, like, a family that's a unit? Yeah. Especially mm-hmm. girls. That's a little mm-hmm. crazy. Like, that's super, super, super crazy. So, um, anyways, so we leave there. And the next thing I know, mom gets us into, like, a family woman shelter. Do you remember? Mm, oh yes and it's an old hotel and it's an old hotel that they converted into a woman's like family Mm -hmm. um shelter yeah and basically basically they just use this shelter they convert the hotel rooms into little shelter rooms and you can stay there as a family union Mm -hmm. right so of course her new man at the time can't stay here but it's me, Stephanie, Dorothy, and our mom, and we're staying in this like little. So at that point, do we both leave storefront together, and then we? Yes, we go to this place. We leave storefront together. We go to this place, and we're going to this place. And basically, what happens next is we're kind of doing better again. We're going to this place. We're living in this place. But then i get a job remember i was getting i got a job at monarch doing like the bracelets and stuff yeah yeah. and that was literally one of the christmases where i was telling dorothy that i helped buy the gifts because i had money yeah and i'm working and we're doing that and then next thing i know one day i come in late i break curfew because I was at a event selling. Hold on, Sonic. Can we just reiterate on the, the Christmas part? Because that's where I think started our thing. Like how the holidays are just togetherness for us. So we literally, this Christmas was so dry. Um, we didn't get anything. Dorothy got a skirt. For Christmas. And I think up until a day ago when we were talking about this episode, she didn't realize that I purchased it. No, I remember I remember Sana passing me the skirt. But I don't remember. Like her buying it. Yeah. And, um, I remember, I remember Sana passing me the skirt mm-hmm. and my mom just sat on the edge of the bed and she was kind of like giving the side eye, but she just didn't even want to look. look. I think I bought Stephanie a watch, but I can't really remember exactly what I got her. And every day she just looked disappointed. 
disappointed. We literally all got one gift. Mm-hmm. And I want to say I bought myself some Chuck Taylors. Yeah, I think so. Yellow Chuck Taylors. Uh-huh. I bought myself some yellow Chuck Taylors because Chucks were in. And mm-hmm. yellow was my favorite color. And I bought myself that. And I bought Dorothy up one of those throwback skirts that mm-hmm. were in. And it was all jean. It was mm-hmm. vintage. And... That was the only gift we got. And now I think as adults, before we hop back into sauna store for days, because those need to be addressed. Mm -hmm. um, We're just, when we celebrate the holidays, we don't care if Stephanie's in Florida or we're sauna, when sauna was a flight attendant or whatever, Mm -hmm. we're coming together Together. or we're going to speak to each other on the phone because like... We literally didn't know if we had a place to live the next day. Like struggle. So gifts just weren't that important to us at that like at all for years. And I think now we just started barely celebrating the holidays the way that we want to because it was just such a dark time for us. And so, um, yeah, like I I don't even know how to explain it. Like when people get up on social media and they post their gifts and stuff and all that, like like we're barely becoming those people because for so long like we didn't get that no. you know what i mean and then even when we moved in with our adoptive mom she tried her best because three yes. kids at 25, 25 you know what i mean honey so let me tell you i was and it's crazy because i was you know thinking last year and i was 28 last year and i was thinking i couldn't take three kids now no and i'm older than she was when she right. took us right so i just constantly think not only our adopted mom, but our uh, our biological mom. It was so much pressure. It is. And our biological mom had a degree, and we know that now. Yeah. So it, when you're a single parent, mm-hmm. you're fighting so many struggles, struggles. and so, so many, many battles. And people are always like, parents should do this, parents should do that. They already have a lot of things to deal with. Right. And it's made me more kind. Mm-hmm. To the absolutely to the plight of the single parent, absolutely not just mothers in general, but like single dads too. It's just made me more kind. Yep. To what they might be lacking in some areas, but then I'm thinking to myself, you don't know what they're up against. You don't. And our mom, now we know as adult, not only was she struggling financially, she was struggling mentally. Yeah. She was like waking up every day trying to live for us mm-hmm. when it was killing her to be alive. Yep. And, um, just rough. It's rough. In it's general. rough. So, um, to get, so basically what happens after that, and Stephanie, you can jump in here. Cause I know you were like, um, obviously you were also very aware of what was going on, yeah. but me and my mom get in this large argument, like large, and it's inside the women's shelter and it's so bad that they put me out. Like they were like, she can't stay here. I always, and I'm not I proud of myself. How that I just I don't remember. I'm not proud of myself, but I think me and mom were about to come to blows. It was over money, not like me wanting money from her, but her like basically stating that she can't get us a place until she can find somewhere that takes our stepdad. And I was uh, like, we are living in our third shelter. Like, me and Stephanie are getting to the age where these places are going to stop accepting us. Yeah, yeah. And what are you going to do? Yeah. Like, figure it out. Like, yeah. you have to get away. Not because he's a bad guy, because at the time, we really didn't even know him like yeah. that. Yeah. We did not know him, but because he, he was hindering us from moving forward. Yeah. And this is one of me and Dorothy's problematic things sometimes, where we now we know we do need to be kinder, but it's, it, it like makes my skin burn when women will justify 
going choosing a man over their kids. Mm. Yeah. And because essentially, Dorothy, that's what she did in that moment. She chose that relationship over our security. Listen, reiterating on the fact that choosing a man over your children and that is why it's an import it's important to have your own mind as a woman because she would lie to us and and gaslight us and she make us, us and make us feel like oh well like sometimes she wouldn't even throw Ken in the equation like she would be like well I can't get they're not they're not renting right now yeah she would gaslight us she would totally gaslight or you know your dad gave me an eviction, eviction or you know what I mean and it's like mom no, you just don't want to move into a place because you want to make sure that they will be able to allow your husband to move in here. At what point are we not going to be a priority? At what point? At what point? At what and point? That is my biggest issue that I suffer with mentally now is and I and I and I said this a little I I talked about it a little bit. Um is Sometimes it is so hard for me to submit to a man me too. because I feel like a weak ass bitch. Yes, when I'm I do, always feeling like there's some kind of hidden agenda that there's probably not, but that's my trauma. Right, that has nothing to do with the person. Right. It's just my trauma. Right, because I'm thinking like I always, and it's not even just men and people in general. I'm very distrustful when they're overly helpful. Right, and I notice too, even going through the navigating the foster care resources, uh-huh. people will try to help me, and I'd be like. What are you getting out of this? Right. Because I'm very protective. I of- have a really good example. Yeah. One time, you know how you move out of your apartment and they and you have to write down an address to give the deposit to? Yeah. To send it to? Mm-hmm. Terrell puts his mom's address. Mm-hmm. I was so infuriated by that. Mind you, this man has never played me with money or made me feel like yeah let's talk about that because that's that's some inner trauma right and so i march down there like i go down there just to check on things and I, like i said oh hey brian this was the name of our apartment manager when are you sent where are you sending the deposit and he goes oh i'm sending it to terrell's mom's house i said excuse me mind you me and my husband at this time we broke up and we'll get more into this in another podcast but i go up to terrell and i said how dare you take the deposit money and send it to your mom's house and he goes what do you mean i was gonna split the money and i was like you always don't no money pass through me you do not just send money to your mom's house without speaking to me no checks get cashed unless i'm there unless i know about it mm-hmm. and he looked at me crazy like why would i steal from you i've never given you reason but my mom has lied and lied and lied behind a man and, and been so very weak. distrustful about it that I couldn't even give Terrell, like, I couldn't even give him the space. And I have another tiny story about that, too. I, um, so most of you know who listen to it. I do poetry, um, plug my little publishing company, Sweet Tea. And I also, I used to rap. And I, when I was really trying to rap, like, going for it, I had a manager and he was so good to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, really good for me. Like, he would book and do and look out things that wouldn't even be beneficial to him. Mm-hmm. It would just be beneficial to me. Right. But I was so distrustful of him. Not because he had did anything. It was just the trauma of what our parents went through with their music managers and mm-hmm. what I, how I saw people use and abuse our mom yeah. in that way and her sacrifice her art in that way and i could not get on board with his plan because i just Mm -hmm. didn't trust him but looking back he was the best manager i ever had yeah and i always tell you guys that like he was the best i just my trauma didn't 
like it made me think that there was something in it for him. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. So, um, you get kicked out. I get kicked out. I get kicked out of the woman's shelter and, um, this Stephanie has a lot cause she, I know Stephanie for a long time. We are later. You'll find out our adopted mom got a therapy mm-hmm. and me and Stephanie, I don't know if she remembers the conversation. We had a conversation about this. Um, but I get kicked out and I move into storefront and by myself and my counselor at Monarch, because you know, this is a school that deals in this, like deals with these situations, you know? And he looks at me and he tells me, you have to stay at Mon- You have to stay here because you can't do anything wrong because they will put you in Polinsky. Like you're going into the system if yeah. you can't make this work. Yeah. So, um, I remember, um, I remember moving into storefront by myself and I'm not going to lie. Probably you'll later find out that I had other stuff happen to me, but this was probably the most traumatic thing for me because it was the first time I was alone away from my sisters mm-hmm. and I just didn't understand how my mom could let it get this far, you know, to the yeah. point where I couldn't even be in your space every day. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to speed through this really quick, but I just want to touch on it because it's so important. And I know so many girls I was living with there that went through the same thing. Um, I can't say their names because I want to protect them. But I think without, and I'll just make up their names, but they'll know who they are. Um, I Without um, Chrissy and... I'm going to call her Fafa. They're two sisters who were living there. They, like, looked out for me. Like, mm-hmm. looked out for me. And they were, like, they knew I had sisters. They knew I had family. And um, mind you, at this time, I'm 12. Yeah. Maybe 12. And everyone staying here is 17, 18, and 19. Yeah. And they're all runaways, all from different situations. And... They're all doing stuff, you know, like I'm not doing. And if I can visualize, I can lay out storefront for you. It's one room and there's six beds on one side, six bunk beds on one side, six bunk beds on the other side. Boys on one side, girls on one side. We're all in one room. Yeah. Like one room. Mm -hmm. And you have to get out. And um, again, I'm still working at the time. And I remember I came there late one time and they put me on three and three. And basically, three and three is basically I get to stay there for three days, and then now the other three days I have to stay on the streets, and which is so stupid. It's due to a child. I'm just it. like some of these it. programs need to be shut down, or if they're not going to be reworked out. Period. It's just, it's just like yeah. I just think how trauma. And I remember the first night I just like rode the trolley with my friend. Um, I don't want to put her out there, but my little homegirl, you know who I'm talking about, the white girl, mm-hmm. my homegirl. She um. She was like, you're just going to ride the trolley all night. So on the three days I had to stay on the street, I would sneak into her house. And she would let me sleep there. And then I would get up early in the morning and leave. And then I would stay three days in storefront. And I did that for a while. And mind you, when Sana says her friend's house, these friends were definitely still struggling too. But their parents had got it together enough to get it a place. place. But they were definitely still probably on drugs. It was still like, it was It was not a good, it was still a negative situation. It was very negative. And then um, I remember... Before I cut to Stephanie, because she's going to interject in this story. And there's so much trauma in this, like, six, seven months I'm staying at storefront. But 
honestly, I'll probably jump into it throughout the whole oh, series. Yeah. So I'm not going to tell every story. But I remember, like, just stuff that just was shocking to me. Like, they had volunteers, and I had to sit through an aid speech because, you know, most of the people staying there was using needles on the street. So, like, mm -hmm. imagine at 12 or 13, like, learning about AIDS that way. Like, it's just so many things you had to do. I wasn't even thinking about sex. Mm -hmm. But I had to have all these sex, like, I had to get tested and all this other right. stuff that just shouldn't have happened to me in that way. And um, just strange volunteers coming in and out. It just was a very uncomfortable experience for me. And, and it, I mean, and no shade to Storefront, but because, I mean, Storefront, if you are listening, mm -hmm. we love what you do, do. for children. children yeah. um, because I've stayed there one night, too. Yeah, but I was just too young to stay there. But you have to rework the system, system. where the kids don't feel temporary or they can get kicked, kicked out, out at any moment. Yeah. Because it, you can't call yourself a safe haven place and then put a child on three and three. Mm -hmm. They yeah. should be able to come back whenever you want. they want to. You don't know what these children are out here facing. And I remember one time... Um, my homegirl, who I was staying uh, three days at her house, she was like, you can't stay here. And, like, my mom's starting a trip, you know, da-da-da-da. And her neighbor, who was a black couple, it was this black couple, and they had two black daughters. And I won't say their names, but they were, they figured out my situation. And they basically just wanted to see how they could, they were trying to adopt me. Mm -hmm. Like, they wanted to adopt me. They were trying to get me, like. They sat me down and was like, we can start making the steps to make this happen. Like, we can't watch you sleep on the street yeah. for three days. Right. Or crawl into this woman's window for three days. Like, they were trying to figure it out. And I almost considered it, but I could not leave my sisters. Yeah. I just mm -hmm. kept thinking about, like, what about my sisters? They're still with this woman who's not getting her shit together. So, mm -hmm. the next thing I know is I called Stephanie. And this is a conversation I don't know if you remember. But mm -hmm. I called you. I got, to store, I got back to storefront. I called you and I was like... Stephanie, um, these people are trying to adopt me. And you were like, don't do that. I'm like, I'm here by myself. And you were like, what do you want me to do? Yeah. I'm a kid. Like, yeah. I don't, yeah. how can I help you? But yeah. you obviously didn't want me to get adopted. Yeah. Yeah. But you were like, what do you want me to do? But yeah. I was so angry with everybody. Sure. And I was so angry and I was crying because I'm like, there's a family out there who actually wants to yeah. like try I'm to like, help I me. I think for me, I'm like, what about us? Yeah. You're like, and you I'm can't like, You were do just it. seeing it. I felt like just that one side. side. And it just, I felt like, I just remember that conversation and I just felt like it's so unfair yeah because here me and Dorothy are still like rolling it out mm -hmm. with this lady yeah our mother like yeah. I get it that you guys had that that altercation and that it went that left but for me it was just like we cannot not be together yeah and I mm -hmm. think that's why it hurt me to even hear you say that to consider it yeah I'm like come on are you serious so one day we meet up with mom and Stephanie you can tell the story because what did she try to tell us to convince us to like wait for Kenneth yeah I don't remember all the she details she was pregnant remember oh okay so yeah so that was the part when mom was like trying everything in her power for us to honestly to just to even have a like relationship with Ken yeah and I, I shouldn't say his name, but we've already been saying it. To be we honest, love him we so love much him. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. Honestly, I feel like he had all the right tools to be a good father. Yeah. Um, he just didn't know the type of shit he was really, like, married to. Yeah. Yeah. That was the thing. So, uh, mom is see that we're struggling to even accept him. And really, let's be honest, because you don't need to be trying to, like, have a relationship with a guy and your kids don't have a place to, like, lay their head. Mm-hmm. Right. So, we were struggling with that. And then I just remember mom saying well i'm pregnant 
and you guys we all flipped first of all i was trying to under- lost our shit i was trying to we understand our shit. the like biology of it all like you're old you're old, <laughs> old. I, I, I was really trying to understand like is i was this so even confused possible? like how is this even a thing how can you be pregnant physically yeah. and it just pissed me off i remember saying you're lying i what did i say you were like mom you are lying yeah, and I, re- <laughs> I remember. I remember her husband even like, bitch, what? Yeah, yeah. Like, he didn't, like he didn't even know. He didn't even know. I don't think they were together much after that. It was like because she like this is when I knew mom. Like our mom stayed with a man, and we realized that. And like I remember one time, my mom made me go check into storefront because my birthday had passed i think i turned like 12 and i was like old enough maybe to like go there i remember staying there one night they had like lockers in front of your bed it was crazy it was crazy she told me to go there because she needed to go handle some business but really she went to go spend the night with ken because she couldn't stay he couldn't come in our hotel and that those times is where i really started becoming independent when i should have still been on the playground yeah and i think me and my sisters and i don't know i i think i can speak for them as well we were really judgmental in the fact where our friends our new friends and our new life and we'll bring them up later we felt like they were never independent like they were when really they should have been depending on their parents yeah but they were doing the right thing we just it was unnormal to us i would tell my husband your mom babies you and your siblings that's why you guys are like that and he would be like, wait, I'm only 17. Because <laughs> like, I would be doing his college applications. I would be like, give me your social security card. Let's go get your birth certificate card from Kaiser on Mission Gorge. And he would be like, wait, why do I need to do all that? I'm like, you need to grow up, Terrell. You're such a kid. And he would be like, nigga, I'm 17. <laughs> yeah, no. And then when we start talking about our relationships, um, and Dorothy brings up her relationship, one thing I always used to remind her of, like, she would get mad at him. He wasn't, a, like, advanced in a lot of things. Yeah. He was. But I'm like, Dorothy, we grew up way faster than they we were. They had to start teaching He's me that. He's, like, where he's supposed to, to be. be. Yeah. And you want him to do things that even 30-year-old men aren't doing yet. Right. <laughs> so. Like, I would be like, I would be like, Terrell, like, you don't buy this before you put groceries in your house. And those are those times where you're supposed to be making those mistakes. Yeah. We got an apartment. We signed our lease at 20 years old. Like, those are the times. But then I just, my sisters had to remind me, like, Dorothy, it was not normal that at 17, you went and stood in line and got your own social security card. Because normal. even when I lived with my adopted mom, she could not be everywhere. No. Our adopted mom, and what you'll learn is she made us really independent, too. Yeah, she fed, she, she piggybacked she, off she of what Tammy was already. Our mom. I think what she saw, she saw, we came to her ready with stuff. Yeah. And she would be like, all right. So she would treat us accordingly. Yeah. And then I later found out that her mom also did the same thing to her. She had her own apartment at 18. Right. Like, they got out in the world. Our adopted mom family is like that. Like, you got to figure it out. And I do like that because it was easier for us to adjust. Right. Because we were already so independent. Right. And I think one of me, the thing that me and my sisters are all like, we're all in the position where we all have our own businesses and, you know, we work corporate jobs. Mm-hmm. And so we're realizing that our kids may be privileged. Yeah, they might you know be privileged. They, and that's going to be very strange for Right. Them. Because, we're going to be in soup kitchen serving. Right. And like, I, I feel like because Terrell's like, 
our kid is going to have a car. He even says our kid will have the option to go to private school. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, they need to know. But then I have to realize, like, Dorothy, you what happened to you was not normal. It was not normal. Maybe they do deserve that. Maybe. And that's going to be a power struggle, I think, with all of us for the rest of our life. For the rest. Because sometimes we know we deserve something. Yeah. And we won't. Like, I know this is premature, but it took Sana a month to think about if she should buy herself a computer for her business. Yeah. It took me a month. Money and was not the issue. Money was not the issue. I had the money. But I have this foundational rule. Until I buy a home, I do not buy anything that is more than my rent. Right. I will not buy it. Like, I can't. I physically won't do it. Right. I, it's a structural thing for me. It's a financial thing for me. And it has a lot to do with my trauma. But Dorothy was like, Sana. She sat me down and was like, Sana, you need this computer for your business. And it might be a lit. It might not be. You don't probably. You could probably get a cheaper version of it. But you'll later have to upgrade anyway. Just buy this. Invest in yourself. Yeah. You deserved it. You mm-hmm. earned it. And I'm just. I was seriously debating just going to get my HP fix. This girl even thought about getting dark. Do you remember a refurbished? Oh, I was like, and I was on the phone with Stephanie, and Stephanie was like, absolutely not. Do not let her do that. I was sending them links for refurbished apples. What the hell? I was like, I'm going to buy this refurbished apple. And they're sitting there like, girl, no, if you don't invest in yourself. Like, this is the one time that you should do it. And to piggyback off of that, I just had this conversation with my love. Everybody's going to know I referred to my long-term relationship as my love. Uh And I was so irritated that I had to buy a hard drive for this laptop. Yeah. Yeah. Super irritated. Yeah. And I think Sana understands this most, and Dorothy does too, but I know you kind of always realize this. I have money. Yeah. I'm not hurting, mm-hmm. but it's like, I tell, I tell him, I'm like, he's like, you need to invest in yourself. But my thing is I get that. But then I'm also like, I never want to struggle ever. Yeah. Never again so like, in life. I'm like, okay, yeah, it may look like money, but it's not enough money to me. Unless we're sitting here like signing huge deals, which eventually power. Put that in the universe. But I just, I, I can't. Like, I refuse to be looking like how our mother was like, oh, my God, how am I going to, like, survive off $100 for the rest of the week? And don't get this wrong. Like, even yeah. in our adult life, we had struggles. Oh, yeah, and, 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 I'm, and before we jump back in, I want to bring mm-hmm. up one more situation. Cause yeah. this had, we're not this, rich by far yet. No, 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 no this no, no, was no. one situation where we were freaked out. Um, and like I said, we had growing pains with our adopted mother as well because she was 25. Five. And I remember mom hit the wall. With the oh, car. Oh, yeah. And she didn't tell us. Our adopted mom. And because she was scared, right? Scared. And they put a three-day notice on our door because they had been trying to work out a payment plan. And they said, we're going to put you guys out if you don't pay this money. And me and Stephanie and Sana were crying. Mind you, we're adults. We're adults. But if you tell us that our roof, you can cut off our water, our cable. There could be no food in the fridge still to this day. Yeah, we'll figure it out. But if you tell us we got to get out of an apartment, we're going to freak out. I had hives that whole week. Like, <laughs> we were stressed. Stressed. And we're like, why didn't you tell us? She's like. And, you, and let, me keep, let me keep this in mind because our mom, our, our adopted mom was very responsible. She paid the rent. She paid the rent. Because she was refusing to pay. She was being stubborn. Rent. Refused to pay, for, uh, the pay wall. for the wall that she crashed into. They took. The money out of her rent. rent. So we owed her balance. <laughs> and they wanted it in and three. And they wanted it in three, three days. days. 
And Ugh. me and Stephanie Sloan was like, we cannot be on the street. We cannot. Like, we did what we had to do. And that is that mental, mental thing. That like how people will pay their rent on the 5th. We want to pay it on the 1st. I need to pay it when it's in my account. Remember I was telling you the other day, I, uh, did, a, I did a post-dated check thing mm-hmm. for my rent last month on accident when I meant to just like do the debit card thing. Yeah. And um, it was pending. And it was stressing me out. I'm right, because you can't move. Breaking out. You can't move the way you want to. And I knew I had the money there. And you guys know I have the money yeah. there. But I just was like, take money, money out of my account. I was so mad. Yes. I was trying to edit myself and bleak. But I was so, I was pissed. I was calling the lady, like, take the money. She was like, it doesn't work like that. Girl. I was like, super stressed. So, so after so, our mom tells us she's pregnant. This is what broke Stephanie from our mom. She was done with our mom. Yeah. Everybody had their moment where they were like, I'm done. This was Stephanie's moment. And I right. I let her tell. So this is what she ends up doing. And she she calls me. And I'll let her tell this part. But she calls me and she's like, Sana, don't make any moves. Don't let that lady adopt you. I have a plan. Yeah. And I think if we're heading down the right path here, mm-hmm. I was upset with her. I totally did not understand why you are having a baby and... <laughs> You can't take care of the three kids you have now. Uh-huh. Like, that was just... This my, lady was dizzy. I was, like, mind-blowing. It was even to the point, if there would have been, like, a little t- Terry or a little Sarah, like, I would have took the baby, and you're not taking care of this child. Yeah. Yeah. would have been mine. Yeah. Um. So, I want to say, at this point, were we already dancing for our... our we were. Mom? Because and we missed a lot of stuff that happened between there. Yeah. But we'll 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 catch up. Back. We'll circle back. We'll circle so back. at this point, everybody knows if you're in our life who this woman is. And she just one day saw me like in shambles. You you asked her to lunch. I, I did. I was like, can can we go to lunch? And she was like, for sure. Like like, what's up, honey? I'm like, girl, girl, we need to talk. So she remembers it, and I'm gonna let her say her part too when we have her on our show. Oh yes, um, that's why. Yeah, we don't have to go. That's too why much we're in... not really going in too much into detail about her because she's gonna get her whole own episode. It's called The Source, and mm-hmm. it'll be next episode after this one. So, so the one thing our birth mother and I, and I, I refer to our birth mother as Tammy, and then our adopted mom, as you'll see when she's introduced to the show. But the one thing I do feel, and if you guys cut me off if you don't think this is right, but I do feel this way. Um, our adopted mom always made sure, and we mentioned this, that we were together, physically, like yeah. together, yeah. hair done, yeah. outfits fresh. Like, honestly, if you saw us, like, you would never think back then that we were, like, in and out of shelters, living in and out of hotels, like, struggling. Both, we, mom was really good. That's we, how you knew she was stripping. We were together. Okay, so at this time, when I meet the lady that now, that I, we call her mother, she's our adopted mother, she, we, we do lunch, and she says... And I want her to repeat how she remembers me seeing uh-huh. me. I was not together. My hair was all over my head. I remember, like, my outfit not being fresh. It was clean, but it just, like, looked in shambles. And she was like, what is going on? And I just broke down crying. And I told her everything that was going on. And she was like, this is crazy. I can't believe you guys are going through this. She was more upset that I didn't call her sooner. Right. Know? And I was just like, this is just kind of where it's at. And she just looked at me and she said, I'm going to figure it out. She said she was going to figure it out. Mind you, this is not the person that birthed us. We're still right. running around from place to place. Right. She's like, I'm going to figure it out. She figures it out, and I swear to you, not even like a week or She gets later, an apartment. She gets an apartment. Which is 47th Street, and you guys are going to hear a lot. Then there's going to be... We're going to talk about 47th Street probably forever, but she gets a two-bedroom apartment yeah. with her sister. And the way she described it, because we, we rehashed these stories before we record... 
Because they just happened so long ago. And she said she remembers telling our Auntie Trinisha, rest in peace, who just passed away. She says, she says, Trinisha, are you coming with me or not? Because these girls need to, they need a place. And so selfless. Like, mm -hmm. mind you, she's 24. Mm -hmm. 24. Probably 24 at that time. I mean, anybody who knows our story, like friends, loved Mm -hmm. ones, they all commend her. Like, I could, they... I couldn't have done it at 24, 25. I'm sorry. No. There's no way I could have took on three girls. So she tells Trinisha that. Like, yeah, are you coming? I remember, and um, we talked to her about it. We said to her, we said, we're going to tell this part. How would you like us to say it? And she was like, just say the truth. Right. And basically, she was living with her mother at the time. Yeah. And because she had just went through surgery. Mm-hmm. So she was living with her mother and she called her sister and was like, I don't know what you're doing, but I'm getting this apartment next week. You're either mm-hmm. in or you're out because I need to raise, I need to help these girls. I think the hardest part for me with this story, because, you know, we're going to be skipping around a little bit just to speed things up. But my sisters were the ones in Bomb Squad. I wasn't. Mm-hmm. So Sharana was a complete stranger for, for me. For you. Yeah. And I was a mama's girl. So... If I'm being honest, moving with Sharana, I was so happy to have a roof over my head, but I was miserable. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, yeah. Because I missed my mom. Mm-hmm. I, I knew she had been lying to us. I had knew, like, yes, my mom. I, at this time, I knew she was a crazy person. I knew mm-hmm. she chose men over me. But to be, like, in between the ages of, like, 10 to 12, and, like, I latched. I was always with my mom. So, because we didn't call Sharana mom. Like at that time, no, no, like she was no, still Sharon, or she, she was, was Shay. Shay, you know, she was like a more of our friend. So our mom knew that we were living with Sharana. She was still called that time, mom, just to speed things up. She became whatever with the well, idea. Yeah, what happened was Stephanie moved in with Sharana right when she got the apartment. She called me and let me know I had went through something really bad in storefront, and Stephanie called me and was like, "You can come," mm-hmm. and I came maybe like a month later. Uh huh. Then we got you two months later. Yeah. And I remember, I remember this on the phone. Like, I remember you guys begging mom to come get me. Yes. Because I just hated it. Like, I I was just like, I want to be with my mom. I don't understand. What you have to understand, too, to the listeners is Dorothy was very young. And Mm -hmm. at that point, our mom to her was just mom. Right. She didn't see the... She knew that it wasn't Mm -hmm. right, but... Dorothy was still very taken care of, very spoiled. And mm-hmm. she, said she still got whatever she wanted. Mm-hmm. So for Dorothy as a kid, it was like, I just love my mom. I just want to be where yeah, my like, mom Yeah, like I didn't at. get it. It wasn't, she didn't get it. Right. And then like. She didn't get that. I think. The situations our mom was putting us in weren't safe. No. They weren't safe. No. But at the time, you're not thinking about no, that. No, I'm just like, I'm, I'm like, wait, I'm like, so we're living with another stranger. Yeah. To me, essentially, to you, like, essentially. so this is another, I not, I did not know at that time that it would be long term. Yeah. You know, I'm just thinking like. I don't think none of us did. No. I think honestly, we all thought our mom would get it together. Cause I she was. I, yeah, I thought that, that she would get it together. Back. She came over, met Sharana. Oh yeah. And it, it ended up, they became like friends. It was and, like an agreement. And it was agreement. And our mom even realized that some of the situations she was putting us in weren't safe. And she came to Sharana and was like, I won't stay here. I mm-hmm. can't physically do it. No. It's just like her pride wouldn't let her. She was like, but if you let my kids stay here, I will pay you this That's a month. so sad. Like, yeah. I will, it got to that point. Yeah. I will pay you this amount of month. I will make sure there's food here for you, your sister, and my kids. And, you know, you got you won't want for anything. 
And for a few months, she honored that contract. And, and she visited yeah. us on the weekends. Yeah. She even gave one of our cousins vocal lessons. Mm-hmm. Like, she would come that frequently. One of our cousins who was singing would, like, ask her for vocal lessons. Mm-hmm. Like, they, it was a real visitation thing. Right. Yeah. And they I remember, did. like, I remember this was one situation. I remember mom was hanging out with her homegirl who had a younger daughter who refers to Stephanie as her godmom. No, you guys remember this lady, right? Yeah. You guys put that in perspective. I don't want to say anyone's name. Yeah. I want to protect people's identity. I remember I was starving that day. I don't know where Stephanie and Sana was at, but this is when our mom started disappearing. Falling off. Falling off. And I, I was too scared to tell Sharana I was hungry. Because but you didn't know her like I that. didn't know her. Mm-hmm. And I remember eating Trinisha's food, our auntie. And she wasn't upset, but she was kind of like irritated. And Trinisha, because at that time, Trisha was still trying to learn yeah, us and understand we us. Each other, yeah. And she was like, Sharana, this little girl like ate this food. And mom was like, um, well, I don't know. Like, I don't know what, like, like, I don't know where her mom is. And I remember just running to the bathroom, like, I fucking hate it here. Like, I, cause, like, I, I, I wasn't comfortable enough yeah. to, like, even ask her yeah. for, yeah. like, food. Yeah. You know? And so yeah. I just remember just being like, that was my pit of my life. Like, that's the time I remember, like, holy shit. Like, I used to dream of, like, I used to tell myself, Dorothy, you're going to get out when you go to college. Like, I used to dream in the room yeah. all day, like, how the are you going to get out of this situation? Mm-hmm. Like, 12 trying to mastermind a plan plan. because my sisters like they were you know off and like i felt like they had friends well yeah you have to understand too you guys our mom dorothy was still around our mom she didn't make the friends we made right like we had just me and stephanie had detached from our mom right for years i would say right for that long time like I, when I was living in a storefront by myself, I just winged the shit out. I figured shit out. I didn't really... I wasn't attached to my mom anymore. I literally felt like I didn't need her. Right. Like, there was nothing she could do for me. So, around that same time Dorothy's talking about when she's saying figuring stuff out, we were on Bomb Squad, so I had mm-hmm. already made friends. And I just want to highlight this story because it's very important for me to highlight people who were also good to us in this mm-hmm. time. Yeah. And I don't want to say her name or her mother's name because I want to protect their identity, but... I remember, remember when Soak City was such a big thing. It had just yeah. opened. Mm-hmm. And this is, again, when our mom had started disappearing around this time. She yeah. had promised to keep up with Sharana, and she just didn't. Yeah. And she was disappearing, and I wanted to go so bad. And my friend's mom, she knew that, she didn't even ask. She knew that I didn't have it. Yeah. Or And, I, and she wasn't going to make me ask Sharana for anything. And I remember she took me to Target, got me a bathing suit, paid for my entry, right. paid for my food, oh, wow. like everything. Give me the idea for of me who, this, who this is. Um, she's chocolate like us, and she had cousins who and were we like. ran into her downtown. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cousins were like, yeah. you remember? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And she just told her mom, like, mom, my friend wants to go with me. I want my friend to go. But she doesn't have she it. She doesn't have it. And I think this girl knew our situation because she was hanging out with us, hanging out with me so yeah. much. And I just, I just, those moments, like, I it, got childhood right. moments. moments from that. And like Sana said, it's important to note that we did talk about how a lot of people busted us out in the shelter, but a lot of people kept it private, too. And a lot of people yeah. kept it private. It was like 50-50. It was, it was 50-50. 50-50. Because this girl I'm talking about and her 
uh, cousins who were talking about, they were good to us in this time period. Yeah. They were, uh, like, our family. Yeah. Like, we called them our cousins, and they treated us as such. Yeah. And they were really good to us, and their family was good to us in that sense, mm-hmm. too. Let's let's move on to the fact that at this point we're living on 47th our mom disappears. Yes. What happens next? After mom disappears. Definitely so, want to get into this. this so part was we vivid. should talk about this because we do want to save the last part of this podcast to give you an update of where we are right now because we want to tell you where our mom basically disappeared to. So go ahead. So at this point I I want to kind of reach off where we're at 47th and I remember just struggling with getting basic necessities and at this time like I was like I needed pads yeah I needed tampons yeah our mom used to always come through every every weekend like you said like visitations and like yeah we were good in that area and I couldn't get a hold of her she starts skipping weekends she starts skipping weekends I remember calling her because this is when we had cell phones I remember she she paid for a cell phone phone yeah keep me in contact and I couldn't get a hold of her and it was like yo like I need pads i need tampons like mind you you don't understand how important those things are until you don't have them right and i remember just crying and being upset because i didn't have that stuff right and so the one of the girls we call our cousins now yeah if i should kind of bring that situation yeah that's fine that's fine she calls like sharana like well not calls her but like talks her like you need to figure something out for these girls like I know you're trying to help, but, like, there's only so much you can do. You're right. young. You don't have the funds, to, the means to take care of these girls. So she kind of wants to know a little bit more of our backstory and kind of, like, if there's anybody else out there that can help us. Right. So she does. And that's our lovely grandparents. And I just remember sitting on the bed being nervous, like, shaking. Because, mm-hmm. mind you, we don't call them to talk to them, to ask them for things. We call them to give them a front, like, everything is good. That's what we were and told to do. We were basically told to do. And it's not even like our parents told us to do it. We, that we was just knew. We knew. We knew. So I'm sitting there, and she's talking to them. And I'm like, shit. Shit is real. Now our biological family knows what the fuck is really going on out here. So she's talking to them and everything. And if you guys, Dorothy, if you want to kind of cut in. I, it's 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 super simple. She spoke to them. We were on the first plane of our Literally. plane in our life in a week. A week. She calls our dads. Um, one of our dads. I, I don't know what to call her. If she's a mistress. <laughs> I just want to say one of his loyal ass. Down sidelines. And she calls Sharon, our adopted mom. And she says, pack their stuff up. They're going. They have plane tickets. Their grandparents, um, they got wind of the situation. Obviously, yeah. you know that by now. And next thing we know, Sharana has her homegirl because she wasn't driving. Drives us to all our old spots around the neighborhood. With, or, or does Dad's sideline do that? I, I, I can't remember. But one of them drives. It's not important who did it. But they drive us to like where we used to grow up at because they're like, you guys aren't going to live in California no more. We eat taco shop, which is really important. Yeah, I don't even remember those little details. This is when I start remembering yeah. things. So, um, all I know is we are on an airplane, and our grandfather for the first time. Our, that was kind of our grandpa explains to us now that he was so scared for our mother to get us because he's like, if he could, she could leave you. Like, I don't want to put you guys on a bus or a train. I don't want anyone to intercept. He wanted us in the sky where no one could come grab us. And um, we're in the airport. We get on the plane and we land. And you guys, this is where we finally make it to Ohio. Ohio. 
And our grandparents are sitting there. I remember our grandma had this cute little outfit on. Her hair was curly. And grandma and grandpa were holding hands. And they were waving. I think I remember that. Like, they were, like, waving. I just remember it being very hot. It was hot. It was like a parent trap thing, y'all. Yeah. Parent trap. They were more excited than us. We were, like, kind of scared. Because you have to understand, they're strangers to us, They're strangers. They're strangers. We don't remember being kids and living there. No. They're strangers to us, so we're scared. Just scared. We knew we were safe, though. I felt safe. I did. No, no, yeah. Like, we knew. I felt safe. We we, were just scared. Our dad always talked about them in the positive light, so we knew we were in danger. Mm -hmm. You know, because we knew when we were always in danger. Yeah. We had the vibe. We had the vibe. Yeah. And when we got off the plane, I just remember, like, grandma, like, swooping me up and, like, kissing me, like, oh, my God, you guys are so big. Like, yeah. and we drive to their house. And um, I remember grandma making baked spaghetti. Mm-hmm. And we ate in the gazebo. Our grandpa had a gazebo. And we ate in the gazebo. And then we're like, oh, you guys have a pool? And I remember grandma saying, yeah, here's some swimsuits. And remember we jump in the pool. How the heck did she have swimsuits for us like I that? Know. I don't know. I think, I think our cousins and them probably thought of like, like worst, worst case scenario. Yeah, they don't have anything. They don't have anything, which we really. We had one suitcase. We had one suitcase that went under our the plane. Our whole life had one suitcase. One suitcase. Crazy. And um, we're swimming in the pool. And I just remember grandpa standing in the back just looking at us like, what's next? We got our three granddaughters like crazy. I felt like he had the look like I don't know if I'm gonna fuck my son up when he calls me like if I'm gonna curse him out or like I I don't know what he was thinking but I remember just seeing his face while we're swimming in the pool like yeah. my life is about to change like yeah. I'm in my my sixties late sixties and yeah. I'm raising three, three girls. girls and he goes back to work we realized at that point he was retired yeah and he went back to being a principal crazy because crazy. he knew that he wasn't going to be able to like raise us off of a retired salary not three girls mm-hmm. and that gives you some perspective on how much it costs to raise children and i think at recap recapping our life this is a good place to stop Mm -hmm. only because we have a whole segment can't just do this for ohio no it needs its own segment yeah family our family our biological family Mm -hmm. need their own segment Mm -hmm. there's so much to tell because if you guys can't already tell like this was a stable environment and i know you guys are gonna have questions as to why we would leave this stable yeah. environment because we don't end up staying here for more than a year no so we come back to san diego and i know that that, that can't just be a pact and we um no so, we definitely have to give them a whole a whole segment, segment. but just to give some perspective when we landed in cincinnati everyone's life changed Like, our grandparents were in a situation where, like, fuck. Like, my grandkids were homeless (laughs) in another state. Um, They weren't young either, guys. They were old. And they had to pick up this responsibility of their son. And, I mean, it's just... I mean, I don't even know. If you ever hear us talk about anybody in a positive light, it's going to be our adoptive in an extremely positive Positive light. light. It's going to be our adoptive mom and our two grandparents because they both gave up 
a part of their lives to enter to pick up our mom and dad's response. without money without, without hesitation money, without hesitation with no motive no motive no motive is purely wanting to help us and we can't be more thankful uh, yeah i think that's where we should where we should pause on ohio we need to impact ohio in its entirety let's bring people up to speed so, so currently um so you found out that we our mom left us and yes. that's how we got to ohio our mom abandoned us um very traumatic very traumatic but since our father passed away recently we have finally for the first time in our life got on the same page yeah and decided that we are gonna look for our mom we're gonna find her and we didn't do it we already had this thought which is crazy to me we already had this thought that we wanted to do this Mm -hmm. but then when our dad passed away and we went through his phone we found out he ran two background checks on her trying to look for her he was looking for her too he was trying to mend fences with her Mm -hmm. and say sorry to me and i Dorothy, you can agree with me like that was a sign for me yeah that was enough i had been so resentful towards my mom and never wanting to see her again Mm -hmm. and i'm not gonna lie i have said some horrible things about my mother and what i would do when i seen her I remember one of my friends who's probably watching out. I used to work with her. Um, we were co-managers together. And I even said one time, if I saw my mom, I would rob her. Because I just want, you know, like, retribution. But not mm-hmm. rob her, like, for real. But just, like, hit her up. Like, what's up with you? Where you been? You owe us. And I think for me. I was always so angry Stephanie like was always so Stephanie different. Stephanie was always I, so different. For me, I just felt that I don't need to hate you anymore. Yeah. And I, I, I came with peace with her. With that, I think years ago. I can't even tell you. I think I think I've, I think I kind of knew in the back of my head that she was given shitty cards, uh-huh. and I'm not saying it was an excuse for her to give up the way she did, but I understood. Duh. A yeah. part of me always understood. Yeah. So I, for me, I always felt like if I did see her, it would be different. I think, for me, what is so painful? I mean, so painful. Me and my sisters didn't even cry at the funeral. But I think when our father passed, because we just were so at peace with it. But where we, I think is so painful for me is the fact that my father lived two hours away and he was dying of cancer and he was so estranged from us. He didn't even want to call us to tell us that he needed help. And we would have helped him. And he died alone. Yeah. And we don't want that for our mom. And I was like, Sana, we got to do better. We do. Like, we have to change the narrative. But I want to be clear. For those of you who aren't just listening because you already know us, and this is a similar situation for your life, um, like your adopted child, and you're trying to reconnect with your biological parents, or you're a foster kid, and you want to find out, you don't owe them anything. No. So I don't want this to come off. It has to be on your own. It has to be a genuine desire. Mm -hmm. Because rehashing that trauma is traumatic. And... You need to know that you're doing it for the right reasons. Our father had a whole family who came out, came out and loved on him and supported mm-hmm. him. People did not have the same relationship that we had with him. And, and we, that's okay. No, but even when the poem I did for him at his funeral, I mm-hmm. said, like, you know, hindsight 2020, but I wish I seen you different. Because mm-hmm. I could see it different, you know. Now mm-hmm. you're free. It's different. It's different when people die. Mm-hmm. And I see that all these people who love them and had I got over my shit earlier, I could have learned about that part. Right. Of 
I can right. learned or seen what they seen and right. I'm at least that connection. Right. I couldn't get over it. And I don't want to miss that opportunity with my birth mother. So Stephanie and I, which Steph, Sana, can you? Uh, yeah. Let, let, let me give you an update. So <laughs> at this point, I just, I'm just tired. Um, we've been back from Cincinnati um, about a week now as of yeah. tomorrow. Um, and I just remember looking at Sana and I'm like, are you guys really sure about this? Are you ready? And they're like, yeah. So they have all these different platforms on like how to find people. And Sana is so funny. She's like, y'all need to be careful of paying for this stuff because they only going to give you like so, so much. much. And me and Dorothy at this point, it was like a few nights ago. Literally, you guys, this is like real time. I Sana's asleep. And me and Dorothy are like, Dorothy's like, just pay for the shit. Just because I'm sick of it. Just, just fucking pay for pay. it. So, like, I'm just tripping because, like, again, I'm so weird with money. Like, I want to always make sure it's there. So, I'm like, fuck it. Instead of me using, like, my money to do this, let me put it on a credit card because then it can be easy to dispute it. You know, if something, like, really happens with right. the, well, whatever we're using to right. her. So, I end up putting it on my credit card. I see this report and me and Dorothy are shocked. Because, first of all, this report was 47 pages. Yeah, it was long. And everything we've been saying as far as our storyline with our podcast... Was true. Our dad was not lying about none of this shit. We lived in Atlanta. We lived in Atlanta. Santa Fe, New Mexico. Mexico. We lived um, in... uh, Louisville, Louisville, Tennessee. We were born there. Like, everything was true. Because we started to question our life a little bit. Because it was like, it was just always some bullshit. They had every address on there, cell phone number. Everything was right. So me and Dorothy start like looking at like some of the people that are associated with her. We saw our father pop up on there. And it was sad because I told her, I looked at Dorothy. I was like, damn, this shit is real. Like They already had his death. Dead. Because it had his death, like his certificate attached to his name. Then we saw, like, um, our grandparents, like, somehow attached to her. And that's because, like, we lived at our grandparents when we were little. And our dad said that. Yeah. And our grandparents reiterate that when we were there. And I always question that because I don't remember that. But then when I'm seeing it, I'm like, this shit is real. real. And then we see another name. And I'm like, Dorothy, should we say the last name or no? Yeah. So we see this this name, James Milner. Milner. And I'm like, well, Dorothy, that could be like a great grandparent. She was like, bitch, a great grandparent. Because I see a year. It's Mind like, you, we know nothing about nothing. our mom's birth side. So we're like, maybe this could be her side. And I was like, well, that could probably be like our grandpa. She was like, Stephanie, that can't be our grandpa. The date says 1912. And I'm like, oh, well, then our great grandpa. She was like, yeah, but I don't know. Girl, so we, we basically, I like uploaded the report. I sent it to Sana and Dorothy like in our group chat, Power 3. And... We go to sleep. At this point, I'm I'm still on my phone. I'm researching. Dorothy's researching. I remember. Before she gets to this part, she comes and wakes me up. Well, I'm like trying to sleep. I'm not trying to sleep. She was like, I hate to say this, but I have to say this. She was like, I found this bitch. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? You I remember her? like just to give a little bit of a like on how I found her. Everybody, this Mil- Milner name kept yeah. being associated with her. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I knew, I looked up, I knew that my mom always stayed with a man. So I'm like, this got to be her husband. So I changed her name to Tammy Milner. All her social media came up. Mm-hmm. We found her Facebook, her Instagram, Instagram her Pinterest. Pinterest. The bitch got time to have a Pinterest. We even found her address. Yeah. And so 
if so anyone currently, who, guys, this is current information. If, if you, while happened. you guys are watching right now, we really? know where our mom, mom lives. We know where she's at. Mind you, we haven't seen her in 15 years. No. We've had tiny run-ins with her. So we know that she's a runner. So the way that we approached it was we let our adopted mom write her. She hasn't written her back. But I told my adopted mom, if she, please keep me updated. Because if she reads it, that means she's, she, and she doesn't respond, she'll run. Our mom's the type of runner where she will leave her husband. Yep. He probably doesn't even you know, know she we has, exist. we have kids. She has kids. So, I write her counselor. It looks like she has, like she was probably battling some type of substance abuse. Or ad- addiction. Addiction. I write her counselor. She hasn't written me back either. So we made a plan to where if mom doesn't write us back within the next few days or her counselor. And I've written someone who I believe to be her sister. And, and mm-hmm. she hasn't also written me back. So if she doesn't write us back, we're putting on a clock. We're rolling up to her apartment before she can get on the Greyhound because she's good for that. And please, you guys, once we um, post this video, if you guys have other ways we should approach her, let us know. Um, we're trying to be as cautious and respectful as possible, which is why we're right with the writing thing. But we just don't want her. We already it. have like a little spiel on what we want to say. Mm-hmm. Like, mom, we love you. We want a relationship with you. But we need to know the truth. Enough is enough. We're t- sick of the lies. Enough is enough. We're I feel like at this lies. point, now that I, I think for me, I was always at that point. Like I said, I can't tell you how long I've been like able to forgive her, but I have. Um, now that I have you guys on board, I think it's, I feel much better approaching the situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I feel like years ago, I don't know what when it clicked for me, I might run back to that if I figure that out. But I was always okay with forgiving her. I felt like you guys were so upset that if you saw No, her, and this is... I know I was. No, no, no. And, it, and, and it was and more me afraid of how I would react. Like, yeah. you can't put people in those positions and be upset. No, like, yeah. I want it. Yeah. What if I would have, like, you well, know, no, her I say that to... Before you say something, Dorothy, because the last time we saw her together mm-hmm. was when we were at San Diego City College. Yeah. And, and I didn't react well. No, like and I you think were if I could say something Woo! like, and Sana, stop me if this is wrong. Like you're super, not theatrical, but like when you see people in person, you're upset. Like you're on ten. Oh no, I feel it's, every. It's, I'm it's like my dad in the sense, and it might be the artist in me. I feel everything deeply. I can't hide it. I've tried before, and it comes off very unnatural. So, which is um, probably where Dorothy gets the theatrical part from. Yeah, it comes yeah. off because I have to act. I literally have to act like I'm not bothered. Where I'm in the way where I've been wanting to find my mom, but I'm like, if it's gonna cause a fucking rift between the three of us, it's not it's worth not it. Worth it's it. not worth and it. That's why I have impressed because I'm not pressed. And yeah. but I just want to know if like, she's okay. When it comes to the research, Dorothy and Stephanie really have done the most. I've tried to like be out of it, and I know when we do finally approach our mom, I'll probably be really quiet, but not because. I, I am on board with finding her, which is why you guys proceeded forward. Yeah. Just because I just don't know how... It's different for my dad. I forgave him a long time ago. He always been who mm-hmm. he was. So had he approached me, I probably... And I'll tell this story more in detail later in another podcast, but I did run into my dad as an adult, and I kicked his keyboard. Like, I don't respond well. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want that 
with our mom. I want us to have a relationship with her. And so I just need to be in the background. Like, and yeah, I'm not saying, like, I'm, I'm not I, saying, I I'm not saying yeah. that I'm not like zero to a hundred, but no, being, you are. <laughs> I am. But like being around my husband, he's taught me to um, approach situations differently. Like he tells me like, why are you acting like that? That's not that serious. If you don't want to be around that person, just don't fucking be around them. Yeah. And so now I tell myself, like, don't put yourself in that situation if you don't want to be in it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if you, you. and that helps me. If I truly felt like I was going to be on zero to 100 with mom, then I just would tread, I would do my thing and let you guys tread alone. Good for you. You know what I mean? But I'm not like that. I don't want to miss out on what I missed out with dad. So I do want to be there. I just can't. I can't. Tell right. You how I'm gonna but no, like I don't. Stephanie mentioned that she's scared. Oh, I'm so scared. First of all, because I look like the woman. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think for me, it's gonna be like, oh, <laughs> so funny because my love was like, ooh, I hope you don't age like that. But no, it's just because you know she's been through some, some stuff. shit. Yeah. Um, it's she, the wig. She's for a, me. It's the wig. Yeah. Oh yeah. We see, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna get her hair done. We're gonna protect her on social media because yeah. a lot of our friends and even our family are, are very angry. Curious what she looks like. either curious or very angry. angry with her. So if you heard the last name, please, please, please do not approach her because we don't need her to run we're the only ones who can speak to her character yeah we know how she is yeah and so you know she will run which i'm sure people will respect that yeah yeah it's just for me it's like i think the reason why i'm so scared of her to scared to see her well was first really was because of her condition but it sounds like she's okay she's she looks like she's on her feet Um, maybe look like she started a whole new life the second thing for me is i'm i think i'm more scared not only because i'm like a spitting image of her but it's more like how is she going to react to seeing us all three? Grown up. I know. That's the part where I'm And to like, see that we're free. still together. Yeah, I know, because yeah. I know when we have yeah. ran into her in the past, we probably legit haven't seen her for 12 years, but we've ran into her a couple times in like the last 15, 16 years. But I feel like yeah. that was individually. And it was individually. And I remember the last time I saw her, I was a senior in high school, and our adopted mom, you know, made us very independent. She made me get on the trolley to go get my prescription for something I needed downtown and I went downtown to get the thing and I saw her and I went to school and had a panic attack and my friends will tell you like I was so distraught distraught and it wasn't just that because I saw her because I saw her in every bullshit situation it I went through back. since I seen her went rushing through my mm-hmm. head and I got this massive headache and I just I had a panic attack passed out the whole nine arms it was so, so bad. How do you feel now? Are you mentally okay now? I'm okay now because it's just like our dad's situation, him dying like that, it has shifted my view. That's good. Mm-hmm. Now That's good. I see, like, even when you guys were showing me the picture, I was kind of asleep, but I was, like, looking yeah. at it, and I wasn't, like, upset. I was you were just, fine. I was just, like, I don't yeah. like her mm-hmm. wig. But I didn't really, like have it's like for dorothy it's funny because the way she came in it was like that's that that's that that's that bitch (laughs) period that's that that's because that bitch be running yeah she be running for dorothy now it's more like business in a way yes because it's like we need to address yeah i'm getting we're all getting older and um we're all individually you know battling um health issues and Mm -hmm. stuff not 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 nothing too serious we're fine but there's things my doctor needs to know, and we only go off our grandmother and our father's and their health, side, yeah. their side. And so there's just so many questions that we have that she needs to answer. And it's like, at this point, like, 
And if you like resort back to episode two, you know how much we love her. And I don't think that love has gone away because when we are irritated with about her, I think I re- that's how I remind myself like she was a good mom. She just got lost. And, and let me think somewhere back in that. that because I, me and Dorothy talked about this on and I'm sure you're in agreement. I want her to be in our life. I no. do. No, I, 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 I need she's willing, but I need some resolve. No, we need yeah. her for sure. We already said that. We agree yeah, that. I'm happy you agree with that as well. But I need her to come and and accept her accept her wrongs and understand that this is why we felt the way we did. She and even accept her role in it. She, she does. Yeah, she does she because does. she's put it on our dad for so long. Yeah, and he was not alone yeah. in making these children. No, and she chose to make three children with him and then she chose to leave said and three I, children so and i'm also very spiritual and i'm like for some reason the universe god is keeping you here yeah so make good on that yeah like, make good on that, that she, he, and he, i do want to say this there. one thing um when i was in therapy because our adopted mom did very well in that she mm-hmm. put us in therapy to try to heal some of these traumas mm-hmm. and my therapist who i love and wish i could say your name but who I loved made me write a letter to our dad. Mm-hmm. She's like, I don't know if you're ever... Because remember, I used to be more upset with dad. Yeah. And she was like, I don't know if you're ever going to see him again. But you need to get these things out. Is this you the need- same therapist we have? No yeah. Mm-hmm. You need to Love get her. these things out. I wish she was out. there. I would pop up on her. Yeah. Get good. these things out. And I got them out. And I, what I want to say to mom is... I never got a chance to get those things out to dad in person. We had that chance. Yeah. Oh, mind you guys, to our um, listeners and officially viewers, um, she doesn't know that he's gone. No. So that's another no. thing. She doesn't know he died. And I and, don't, and he wanted to tell her he yeah, was dying. So we don't even... That's going to be another thing, too. Mm-hmm. That I'm, I'm curious to see how she reacts. Because yeah. this is a man that's not only physically, mentally abused you, but yeah. like... A part of you, and if you hear this from women who are abused, like their part of them still is with that person. Yeah, they like that person will always have a part of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. and physically, she has three kids, mm-hmm. so I'm really curious to see how she reacts to that. Mm-hmm. Right. I think we should kind of leave it off there. Mm-hmm. So just yeah. to put it into perspective, we know where she is. We know where she is. We have her address, and she hasn't been writing us back, so it looks like it's going to be a rolling up kind of situation at some point. (laughs) We're blessed to have found her because we thought we were going to have to hire a pirate investigator. Save those coins. And um, thank you, social media. Which, honestly, um, I just want to put that in there, which we will still. Still, if she she doesn't give us the information, we're going to take whatever information she Flying back to Ohio. Flying back to Ohio, and we're finding out about our uh, maternal family. On her side. We are finding out about our maternal family. Enough is enough. So, a blessing that we found her. Yes. But we still got bullshit. Stick around for the bullshit that comes from it. P3. So, thank you guys for um, tuning in to this, um, to... Episode 3. To episode 3. Um, I can just, just to speak for me and my sisters, we're so happy to be in this space. Yeah. We're so happy to be um, doing this. This isn't a temporary thing, so if you guys want to give us a potting deal, we're, uh, we're, oh, we're, we're ready. already ready. We're so ready. Let's um, put that out there, listeners. We're just... So you can get more episodes. We're just so excited to tell our story, like, from our perspective. Because yeah. we've just been in a space where everyone has gotten bits and pieces and never the full 
story. The full story. Our story. Our story. So, um, if you have been listening and if you have been streaming us and sharing our posts, thank you. We see you. We hear you. Thank you. Um, we received our some emails already with people text like, messages text messages yeah. comments comment facebook people um, that you know i think would be into podcasts would text me like girl and girl I'm like, what they're like good. thank you it's so good my friend who i worked with who i love and i wish i could say her name mm-hmm. um she texted me and she was like girl i got 12 more 12 more minutes on this podcast it's so good and she's not really a podcast person yeah, yeah. i'm like oh thank you you're yeah. listening you vibe it and then also i had a friend from bomb squad who i originally started with haven't seen in 20 years yeah. mm-hmm. reach out she called yeah. me on facebook yeah, messenger and it. was like girl i remember your mom i did not yeah, know this was know ha- i didn't happened. know this was happening yeah. like yeah she's in disbelief like she's like should i have done more maybe i introduced you she introduced us to our adopted yeah. mom yeah. she's the one who got us on the dance team mm-hmm. yeah. um one of the people there's another person yeah. too but she's one of the people that got us on the dance team she's like i feel some guilt maybe your mom we're like, ran. No. we're like no no it had nothing to do with yeah. you but it's just goes to show you how people look at your life outside looking in totally. and don't really know what's, what's going, going on because yeah. and just like to piggyback off that i think um that is another struggle we deal with mm-hmm. we we still battle things right all people do yeah you would never know with us no my lights could be off oh you wouldn't know you, you would never know. know and i think that's something we picked up just from, from our struggles yeah. because we just mask it so well yeah and we carry it so, so well. well so um that's why we all feel like this podcast is very therapeutic because we're going back down memory lane and we're rehashing things about how we've seen them and how we've seen them differently. So, um, yeah, our next episode will be with the source. But I don't know. Things do change because now if we find our mom, that we might have to update them on that. And I just want to end this by saying um, this is a meme I saw and a quote I saw that speaks very highly. It's just it connects with me and I think with this episode and just in general but um shout out to people who can't who are healing from things they can't talk about mm-hmm. it's harder than anyone will ever imagine mm-hmm. ever imagine okay but I've seen people like our mom and us who get back up from things that should have kept them down mm-hmm. so if you're wondering how to start healing from some of these traumas that you went through that might be similar for you, just start talking about it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter who you talk to, um, but you are the strongest people, people who heal from things they can't talk about. Amen. That. And you're with us. Amen. So stay tuned for some more blessings and bullshit. bullshit. Thank All you guys right. so Peace much.